This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Don't be a pussy, laser my fucking tits. Welcome to The Girls on the Boys, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the Amazon series The Boys and the spicy world of soups and stereotypes. I'm Jen Adams. And I'm Rachel Reeves. And today we are talking about season three, episode three, holy fuck is that black noir without his helmet on, aka Barbary Coast is the actual title, (laughs) but... One of many things I did not anticipate. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I... <laughs> but was also very excited. I was just like, oh, my God, it's Black Noir. <laughs> I know. That, okay. So last time when I was like, the thing that you've been talking about for a while, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we get a little bit of it and we're going to talk about it because it is it's a blessing and a curse, you know, like I know I, know I, I knew it was know. probably coming, but I was. I was grateful for the little bit that we did get before it got all sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we we shall get there, but there's so much to talk about in this episode. Um, and you did text me last night something, and it was I was, mm-hmm. I was like, which one? What, what's the thing going to be? And it was hashtag home light, which also really happy that I didn't spoil. <laughs> I cannot believe that's a thing. I was like, in my head anyway, screaming. When he said that and it came on like in the little Chiron at the bottom, I was just like, no, he did it. Hashtag home light. Oh, they were ready. Were you Ashley with her jaw on the floor? <laughs> did you? Oh, see yeah. Her? Yeah. Like, that was oh. that That was accurate. That was me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole man. thing. The season is it's, it's getting good. Well, let's dig in. And we are actually going to skip our Huey Cutie in the news update. Not because Huey's not cute. And in fact. True. I liked T-shirt Huey again. Like we got we got back to band shirt Huey. The, the ba- literally the band. Oh, that's right. <laughs> literally a band shirt. Oh, oh, I love it. But we don't really have much news, and we don't want to, you know, spin our wheels like Huey working for uh, Victoria for an entire year and getting nothing out of it. We yeah. don't want to waste our time on nothing. So let's move on to the name of the game. And today's episode is called The Barbary Coast. Our description, tonight at 9, 8 central on Vought Plus, it's the season finale of Hashtag American Hero. Three contestants remain, but only two will join Hashtag The Seven. Will Starlight choose her old flame supersonic, or will someone else be moving into The Seven Tower? Oh, yeah, we'll get there. But for now, um, this episode is directed by Julian Holmes, who actually directed episode four of season three as well. So we're going to be talking about him again next week, or at least mentioning him. Um, Okay, so it's kind of funny. So trying to like look into Julian Holmes, and there is shockingly little public info about him, like so much so that I'm actually kind of impressed. So Julian, kudos on locking your shit down and like, oh, bio, nope, don't need that. Any, nope, just like the basics. Nice. So, 
<laughs> it's kind of funny, but um, Gantel, he's from the UK and been working professionally since the early 90s. Maybe he's done a Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, it's possible. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> He's like, nobody needs to know anything about me. He's like Sherlock's son. He's like, I'm tired of people asking about my dad. I'm changing. Yep, him. just, yep. I'm changing. That's got to be it. We anything. solved it. <laughs> solved it. Mystery solved. <laughs> uh, he's done a lot of TV work um, over the years. Daredevil, Outlander, Suits, American Gods, The New Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, Reacher, Lost in Space, et cetera, et cetera. Dude knows what he's doing. But- I was very intrigued because in his Twitter bio, it says he's also a vinyl junkie. So, nice. Julian, I don't know much about you, but so far I'm liking <laughs> what I'm hearing. Um, I also love good mysteries. So, you know what? I think we could be friends. Yeah. Um, Would you say he's a detective after your own heart, maybe? I guess so. Yeah. Um and I can say he revealed a lot of twists and turns in this episode that I did not see coming. And just knowing that he's also doing the next one, I'm, I am intrigued to see what's <laughs> going to be happening next. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued, too, because season three runs together a little bit for me. Like, I know mm -hmm. some big stuff that's happening and I know when it is, but I can't always remember when it's coming. Like, I thought right. Homelight was going to be in last week's episode and... Gotcha. So glad that it, it, they're spacing it out. But yeah. Also, I have to say, you know, every time I see the word outlander, my head just screams outlander from Children of the Corn. Um, which yeah. and we were just talking about Courtney Gaines before we logged on too. So, you know, mm -hmm. King's Dominion. Um, yep, but yeah, wheel. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is a really greatly constructed episode. Like there's a lot of really fun stuff going on some deep moments like i just love the moment where um everybody starts to get shot in nicaragua and it just pauses like it scared the shit out of me the first time it happened like i was not prepared yeah. and then to just yeah. pause it i was like well we don't really get a whole lot of flashbacks no like there, like there are some you know like lamplighter and like we have had moments like that but not this far back maybe because this is like oh baby everybody baby yeah. grace mallory like Baby, oh my God, baby Edgar. I know oh we're going to get there, but just like, what the, oh my God. Um, so this is like flashing way back mm -hmm. and kind of super interesting. I, I kind of like that. I like to get, you know, we're, we're, get, we're season three. It's about time we knew a little bit more about some of these, um, these characters and mm. this history here. So it's kind of surprising it took this long, but I yeah. didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't hate it. Oh yeah. I loved it. Then, and, and that's not the only flashback we get either, which I'm excited to talk mm -hmm. about the other one. Before we do that, let's move into our next category, Sup with the Soups, which is where we recap what's been happening and meet our fearless soups and boys where they are. And Rachel has once again exercised her superhero power of saving my ass uh, by writing this synopsis. So, Rachel, would you remind us where we are? Sure. Okay. Coming soon to VTV, <laughs> Not Without My Dolphins, starring former member, former, at former. least at this point, <laughs> member of the seven, The Deep. Uh, things begin to get real between Starlight and Huey on the home front when the reality of the Newman situation begins to sink in. Huey then decides to go rogue and embarks upon a solo undercover mission to the Red River Institute, where he not only discovers a possible future family plan for him and Starlight, <laughs> but also what happened to Teddy Stillwell. <laughs> um, 
Frenchie and Kimiko pay a visit to the Crimson Countess, and minds aren't the only things that get blown after hearing her hot new track, Chips Don't Cry. Nice. <laughs> Butcher embraces the Temp V life while confronting gunpowder about the truth surrounding Soldier Boy's mysterious end. Homelander prepares to celebrate his big Vought mandated birthday with the world. That is until news breaks that Stormfront has taken her own life. This, coupled with Starlight's openly calling him on his shit and Mr. Edgar's open support, leads to the expected but also shocking Homelander meltdown live on air. <laughs> oh, and apparently we find out that Mr. Edgar adopted and raised Newman. <laughs> Man, it's like every 15 minutes in this entire season, there's like some kind of like shocking holy shit thing, you know? <laughs> But none of it feels like unfair, too. You know, it doesn't feel like anybody's oh, no. like pulling like it's not like a retcon or like, oh, hey, you know, Susie's been dead for 10 years. Um, I know that's interesting that you say that. And I know we're going to talk about it more. The home light thing kind of feels like that. Mm. But also. Like this show has earned my trust enough to be like, all right, I'm. We're going to obviously we just get like a snippet of it. So it's like, all right, we're going to see where this goes. Yeah. Like it was definitely a wait, what? Yeah. But also it's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to withhold my. um My anger, my frustration, you know, I don't know, because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's just so like unexpected. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. They've they've proven themselves to be trustworthy so far. So. Well, I will say I don't think you're going to be like super pissed off with okay <laughs> where all of this goes like i you're in good hands i will say yeah i d also love how that moment ends and i know we're going to talk about it but like it feels so reality tv too like just kind of how the, they're like goofing off on the set and like uh, no, no keep your hands mm -hmm. off you know I, I it feels like we just stepped into a reality show for a minute you know Oh, totally. Just super cheesy competition mm -hmm. reality show. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, well, let's let's talk about these bad boys because it ends on um like a whole gaggle of them. So we have let's start with Homelander. Man, is this the one the first time we've ever seen him out of his suit, I think. Other than like when he was doppelganger. Oh, I Lipped. I was like, whoa, naked Homelander. <laughs> I think Ashley flipped a little bit too. <laughs> well, because, yeah, he's like, it, like, he's never, never not in his suit. Oh, yeah. That's and like so Leslie a... Nope showing up with her Garfield Tuesdays shirt on Parks and Rec, you know? It's like, I just, it, I did not expect that. But also, I think it, should, it was just like a perfect way to show just how pathetic he was in that moment <laughs> and i love but, how like he's clearly getting excited when she's talking about his numbers too <laughs> which also is very like homelander-ish like it, that would make sense to me <laughs> it really is and part of me was like how's ashley feeling about this like she's got to feel good because she's making him happy clearly making him happy but like yeah I don't know. There's just like this moment, you know, between them where they're like finally happy about something and she's not afraid he's going to kill her, you know? Nice I think that's it, Ashley. which is, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I don't think she's necessarily happy with what he's done or happy that like, because clearly he's unhinged. Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, it's just like a self-preservation, right? Like, okay, he's not mad at me. Right. He's not going to kill me. Like, he's okay right now. It's just like triage Mm -hmm. almost. Like, I will deal with that later. But at least for now, (laughs) my life is not in imminent danger. Exactly. So mixed emotions, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and that's like what like abusive relationships are like and not to like take it to a dark place. But like, you know, there are highs and there are lows. And you just like whenever it's a high and you're not like in imminent danger, like you said, it's like it's just such a relief, you know, to not constantly be like pulling your hair out or like worried (laughs) that he's going to like fry you, you know. Mm -hmm. But Man, this is this is dark Homelander too. Like mm-hmm. have have you ever seen Homelander this scary? No. And I think it's because like he says it we see what happens, right? Like okay, cuz he gets He's very excited. He's up 21 points. Yes. Yeah. With, with, with men in the rust belt, which men in the yeah, white males in the right? rust belt. <laughs> yep. And kind of his real realization when they you know, are telling him like, oh, wait, they want me to be myself. Yes. And it's like permission, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, finally, he's been granted. Oh, this is what they want. Oh, I can do this. Yeah. This thing I've been terrified of for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when he said, what is he? I think he says it to Starlight. He says, oh, yeah, when she like threatens to oh, well, I'll just release the tape. And he says, yeah. well, sure, I'll lose everything, but then I'll have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. It's like he finally understands that he still has power. I think that he kind of, he forgot that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like he genuinely was like, this is it for me. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And now I think he's starting to see like, oh, wait, no, I still, you know, I still have a card to play. Yeah. There's another path and, I can take, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's it's believable, too. Yes, absolutely. And it's one of those moments, like, when he's talking to Ashley and he is so genuinely happy and genuinely excited. And it's like when we were talking about him and Stormfront. It's like, if he were a nicer guy, this would be great. Or mm-hmm. if, he, if he weren't a monster, sorry, not just a not-so-nice guy, but, like, Because I feel like in a bubble, this is a good development for him because he's finally kind of like growing into who he is. The problem is who he is, is evil. And what he's threatening to do is not like live his best life. It's like destroy the country, you know, because he specifically Mm -hmm. this is the thing that I think is the scariest because you you believe that he would actually do it as he's like, mm-hmm. well, I want to take out the the Pentagon and the White House. And then, you know, I'll just destroy your hometown and Maeve's hometown and New York. And I don't fucking care because what are they going to do? Who's going to stop me? Yeah. Ooh, which is is terrifying, especially. Oh, and I am the Homelander, too. It's just it's it's like a he is building himself into this character that he has always wanted to be and letting go of the one that he feels like he has to be or he has had to be. But it's kind of ironic too, because I think at the end we see him so relaxed to just be kind of like shitty Homelander who's fucking around with everybody, you know? Yeah. And like, he's messing with the deep, like, and we're going to talk about the deep thing, but that, I mean, it's funny, but it's also like, horrific what he's making deep do you know it's 
yeah, it's cruel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he's just cruel in this. Like, it's like he's finally been able to take off the mask. And, like, yeah, it's like a freedom for him. But also it's, uh, it's kind of like, in a, if, if I'm looking at it from a wholesome perspective, it's like Kevin McAllister, you know, in Home Alone. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, I made my family disappear. And uh-huh. he's just, like, running. It's like, just unchecked, like. Like a little kid, he's going to eat all the junk food. He's going to watch all the TV. He's just doing whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't necessarily think he's going to have the same come down as Kevin McAllister. I don't think but so it's just either. like, a, yeah, a little kid that's just like running wild with this kind of unchecked power and authority to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Even more than before, because even before it's like he was just trying not to get caught. It's not that he couldn't do it, mm-hmm. but he was still trying to keep up this public persona. And now he doesn't even have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and because he also has Starlight now as co-captain. And I don't mm-hmm. think this was like. I mean, I'm sure this is coincidental, but it's like the second he lets go of everything, he also gains this huge source of power by her like lending her goodwill. And it's mm-hmm. like they and I mean, it probably from a percentage wise bumps her up too because the people who now like him, you know, she like, you know what I mean? It's like they're appealing mm-hmm. to two different sides and it just so happens that one side is awful, you know. One it's side so... is the one with the tiki torches that we saw in the last episode. Yeah. It's so weird. Like, I, I tried to think, like, it's, like, that moment was shocking from, like, an audience perspective, right? Mm-hmm. But trying to think, like, if you saw this from the public's perspective, like, would you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would, I'd be like, wait, what? Like, it would feel very much like, no, they're just, like. Their publicists put them together, right? Like, this can't be real. <laughs> I mean, what are we seeing now with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you know, which I have heard rumors that that is from somebody in the music industry that that is a, um orchestrated relationship. But I also, mm-hmm. I wonder if it would feel like when you're watching professional wrestling, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you, it's like, have you ever heard of the term mm. kayfabe? Which is like... Yes. Yeah, like... We know it's not real. The performers know it's not real, but we're all just like communally buying into all of this because it's more fun for everyone. Well, it's like it's like reality TV, right? Like yeah. you know that things are, you know, reality is a very it's a it's a oh, yeah. loose mm-hmm. word. Like settings are very like manufactured. Maybe not exactly what they're saying, but like you know people don't just oh drop by their house no it's like Mm. it's scheduled there's a schedule all those trips are planned and you know they can't just go to a restaurant like they have to clear everything like it's all very structured and manufactured and Mm. produced and yeah i guess that's the same thing i guess when you put it like that it would still be like no but also like yeah i'm gonna watch it yeah yeah (laughs) well and also like i don't know i think it would still be fun to kind of try to watch and see if they're really a couple you know Mm -hmm. Um, but the whole what's so like insidious about this is knowing how awful he is and like how hard this is for her too and we're going to talk about starlight when we get to spice girls but just it's just such a a shitty way to fuck with her you know because oh big time yeah because he knows she can't do anything about it you know yeah that was like a very it's just like he's like what's the worst thing that i could do to her Mm mm-hmm like, how can I really get back at her? And, like, this is 
probably one of the worst things. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, between this and bringing the deep back, because we know he knows how that's going to make her feel. Oh, too. yeah, all of it. It's just, you know, without actually like hurting her, you know, physically or anything like that, but like mentally, like these are some pretty serious, like, head fucks that he's laying out here yeah and it's interesting I think we have seen for three seasons him care so much about being loved and Mm -hmm. you know he at the end of the speech to Starlight he's like you know I'll take being feared too and he says it much more eloquently and hotly because he's Mm -hmm. you know being evil in that moment so of course I'm into it but um I think he's realized that he likes being feared, too. I think he's been afraid of that for so long. And now that he finally has it, people are actually afraid of him. He's like, maybe I like this better, you know, Mm -hmm. because they have to pretend to like you if they're afraid of you. So you almost get the best of both worlds, you know? Yeah. I mean, the best of both evil worlds because it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's it's all bad. There's there's. There's nothing good here. Right oh, no. But that's <laughs> nothing what, redeeming. No, but that's what I think is so genius about the show and this performance. And it could just be me because I just really like him so much. But like, it, I like seeing him ha- like genuinely happy, you know, and I think that it's such a manipulative role and such a manipulative system that you have to kind of buy into to just watch the show that it you get pulled along with it too. You're like, oh shit, that is a good development. Oh, what's going to happen now? You know, and it's just, you kind of just along for the ride with it. And I think it's, and it's easy to forget how awful he is, you know, and that you yeah. like kill any of these people in a heartbeat if you wanted to and has killed some people too. Yeah. it It's also really interesting because I think that there is, I mean, we see this all the time in the real world, like outside of the obvious, like, you know, Trump comps that they're making here. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is like a lot of people that would, they're going to chase this popularity no matter like whatever it takes to have that and to like stay relevant. And rather than taking that moment to kind of self-reflect and evaluate and be like, how did I get here? What am I like? Maybe I want to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. He just is like, you know, going to follow whatever and do whatever he wants to just remain powerful and that's I mean we see this all the time I think with people in various aspects of the entertainment industry so it's like what are you doing but Mm -hmm. they're just trying to level up and level up and they're just a spiral right to just kind of keep in the limelight and yeah it's not it's not good (laughs) yeah have you seen dream scenario no, but I know I know you're talking about. It's really good and I don't want to spoil it at all, but it is this really interesting look at someone who gets some fame and some power and just seeing like the entire journey that that takes you on and how it like when you're a regular person, how it really kind of makes your life unlivable as it used to be before, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's kind of what we see with Homelander too and like the like the celebrity that you're talking about, it's like I have to have this fame and I have to have this power. And if I can't get it through good ends, this there's a whole audience over here who's going to give it to me. And I can kind of insulate myself so I don't really have to face a whole lot of the scorn. Right. And if I do, I can make myself feel like a victim for it. Like I, mm-hmm. I can like blame them. Um, 
which is no accountability. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and I mean, that kind of feels the same. And I feel like once you get to a certain level, and you can choose who you spend time with, you know, and what kind of information you get, like, mm -hmm. it could feel like the same thing, you know? Mm hmm. Well, let's talk about somebody else who has been making some changes and has, you know what? He's done the work. He's put in the time. He's given me a dolphin necklace with a conflict-free diamonds. Um, let's talk about the deep. And man, here's the thing, like this show, Homelander is so bad that he makes me feel sorry for the deep because I really I pity him in this episode, you know? Oh, yeah. When... He, when he said i've put in the work you know, yeah I was like, fuck you <laughs> you know the sad thing is it's like oh you really think you have he does like, mm -hmm. he thinks yeah. he's put in work but like there's this really like i don't know and i think this is just a great performance by chase crawford there's a really like kind of cringy like what's the word i'm looking for chilling note in his voice when he says the one that really I really need to forgive is myself you know or the you know or the forgiveness I really need is from myself and it's just like there's the steely like glint in his eye that's almost like a fuck you you know like oh, I yeah. know what I need to say and you know what you have to do when I say it you know right oh yeah just oh, yeah I can't believe he's back I can't believe and I loved I love Starley's response to him mm -hmm. in that moment because I think that was very much the correct response like oh, yeah. no i don't need a, a daily reminder <laughs> yeah because it doesn't matter what he has done she does not have to forgive him and even if yeah. she does she doesn't have to spend any time with him like that mm -hmm. this is re-traumatizing this is another form of abuse you know and homelander knows it and deep probably mm -hmm. does too you know yeah i i was interesting seeing a little bit more of his wife because yeah. it does i've kind of been like what is her role in this but Apparently her role, it's like she's his coach, right? And just mm -hmm. kind of like his echo chamber, you know, you know, yeah. behind every great man, yep. a great woman. He's a competent um, woman who's and I guess running the strings. <laughs> behind every shallow man, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a deep woman, I guess. Um, and that's, I mean, a it looks like she's, <laughs> she's really trying to help bring him back and raise his popularity to to ride that wave along with him because i think she sees how like god this guy is such an idiot if i can just like get him to play along though mm -hmm. like this could work out really well for both of us mm -hmm. and you know she's the one so it's like the deeps in an echo chamber <laughs> yeah and just kind of following her instructions and like okay and like it seems it's working out for him right like he's getting movie deals and book deals yeah. and he's back in the seven so why would he not continue to do this mm -hmm. even when it's ugh, forcing him to eat his little friends named timothy oh, his, that was oh my god he's praying he's begging for help like he has he's children screaming. he has children oh my god <laughs> Yeah, and his uh, wife just like eat the fucking hot right? <laughs> He's like, no. And I think that kind of, you know, it, it gives us a little window into maybe why he is the way he is sometimes, because I don't think anybody really takes this seriously, but it like it means something to him. Like this little octopus that he just had to murder, like that 
that it was important to him, but nobody else thinks it's important. Nobody gives a fuck. They just want him to do the thing so they can use him in the next way, you know? And I mean, I'm not, again, he's a bad guy. He does bad Mm -hmm. things, but I also think we can see where he's coming from sometimes, which is oftentimes a place of idiocy, but you know. Yeah. And well, it's just a way, like they're just openly disrespecting him. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that Homelander like makes a point to be like I especially selected this meal for us and it's just all seafood mm-hmm. you know so it's like something that he knows is going to make the deep uncomfortable mm-hmm. and he just like just just blatantly disrespecting him out of like I'm a vegetarian I've been a vegetarian for a very long time and so that would feel to me like if somebody was like oh here's this meal mm-hmm. I made especially for you and it's nothing but meat like, I would also feel, it's like, oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, what what the fuck, dude? It's just <laughs> like, a big old fuck you, you know? Because he knows, you know? Yeah. It's like they can never, it's like they, it's just so, it's just so sad because they, it's like everybody around him knows that they just have to keep him in his place almost. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're going to give you this, but don't for one second think that you're, have any sort of control here yeah so like just a reminder we're gonna give you this power but don't don't let that go to your head because that's that's all you're getting exactly more. and that's exactly what homelander's doing he's like you can be back in the seven but i'm in control and i'm gonna fuck yeah. with you and yeah you know just know coming back in what i can mm-hmm. do i do have to mention his uh sexy talk well you had marked sexy <laughs> talking to timothy i just you're gonna jerk me off with all your little arms which I know his wife's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. It does seem like she actually, like, is kind of into him. And I guess, like, ultimately, that's kind of what the deep just wants, right? Like, just like home. It's like he just wants to be loved. Yeah. And, like, so it's like he is getting that from her. Yeah. I'm curious to see more about this relationship because not necessarily a great, a great one. Uh Um, But... I don't know. I guess in terms of career, she is helping get his career back on track for better or worse. Um. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Mr. Edgar and Black Noir. So yeah. I was that that was the thing. And I said at the beginning of the episode, I think that I was like, oh, we're going to see Black Noir's face. It's happening. It's happening. Tell me how you feel about this, this whole situation. And we see the two of them kind of working together as little babies. I know little little youngins. I mean, I I loved it. I loved seeing. I mean, because Black Noir has been this character, but it was nice for a second to see him as a person mm-hmm. and just to like, you know, I we've gotten these little hints, these little like nuggets of story, right, about what happened to him or what he's up to and what he's doing. But it was nice to see the person, you know, the man behind the mask, mm-hmm. and to hear that he had a voice, and then. But it was also really kind of, especially seeing him interact with Mr. Edgar, to see him talking about how he doesn't want to wear the mask all the time, Mm -hmm. that he wants to get out there and be, you know, show his face and be, understandably, be perceived as a human, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And how Mr. Edgar was encouraging him not to do that because it would basically upset racists. Yeah. Yeah. And for Mr. Edgar to say that too, you know, and this is something we've talked about a little bit before too, about, especially with Mr. Edgar and A-Train is how it, 
it is different for them. They are in a different position. Yeah. But to hear Mr. Egger, because he's not saying like, hey, I would love for you to be the next Eddie Murphy. Like, you're great, but we just can't do it right now. You know, he's not even really yeah. apologizing for it. He's like totally towing the line and it just kind of breaks mm-hmm. your heart to know what like what could have been for black noir because he seems really charming he seems like yeah he could be the next eddie murphy you know yeah and his points were valid right he's like think about how powerful it could be for me to like show my face yeah. and like you know have people see me as you know a superhero like think about the power of that which i think does have a lot of power and mr edgar just shuts him down mm-hmm. and is kind of i mean slimy yeah and just how he's talking to everybody and not just you know not just a black noir but how we see him talking to grace and just the whole situation is super interesting especially think like talking about um like soups in the military which has been an issue in you know some of these past seasons and kind of hearing him talk about it at this period of time and kind of like okay wait a minute this is sort of you know not exactly i guess it makes sense he would have learned from mm. some of his mistakes but just to see him yeah kind of yeah just totally like you said towing the Vought company line here big time mm-hmm. and but also I don't know I can't remember the actor who portrayed him but like both of them for I think they did a great job oh absolutely. <laughs> like I believed they were young versions of these characters same I know I was like oh Man, whoever's playing Mr. Edgar watched every season of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like he has got that speech pattern down because John Carl Esposito has like such a particular mannerism about him and like mm-hmm. his his like this the patter, you know, and that's why we love him and that's why he's so like effective in this role and so chilling sometimes cuz he's saying all of this awful stuff but with this like really like a stork or a stare I don't know what the word I'm looking for like like this really put together persona and this oh yes yeah nails it and it's just yeah oh, chef's kiss yeah but but then when we see Blackmore like get injured from mm-hmm. one of the explosions which kind of I mean I figured something had happened to him at mm-hmm. some point but this is when it happens I mean not only is it just awful you know to see that happen to him and see it like represented on his face literally like just the like actual effects and how it looks on it's like oh god um but also just to think about that that you know he has to put the mask on Mm -hmm. and that was like something that was he was talking about and felt really passionately about and just not only got it like ripped away from him by mr edgar but also like literally got it ripped away from him forever by mm-hmm. this like accident and it's just yeah it's just oh i mean i've always liked him for some reason just because i don't know the mystery and the intrigue mm-hmm. and so it's like oh black noir that's sad i know i know and it just makes you it just makes you think you know what might have been and to think about like him wanting to show his face you know and then it just gets ripped away um well there's one more and i i think it's interesting that all of our um bad boys are boys on this they are boys this time (laughs) and we have one more to talk about and that is soldier boy so we've seen (laughs) okay sorry i'm just looking at your notes just ask lonnie anderson (laughs) 
I mean, man, I fucking love Jensen Ackles so much. He just nails this scumbag asshole, you know, just mm-hmm. hitting on everybody. Uh, and smile. It, it's so dated and just slimy. Yes. Ugh. It does feel very period correct, right? Mm-hmm. Like you would feel that like, you know, a character named Soldier Boy would come waltzing in like that. It would yeah. just with that ego and that swagger and yeah. Ooh. Just to totally tell, you know, telling Grace to, you know, she should smile more. Just very like familiar, basic, oh. misogynistic language coming out of him. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, I he was not a good guy necessarily. Very arrogant walking into the situation and not really having any idea what he's getting into, but also just like, whatever, mm-hmm. I can handle it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a superhero. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just because he doesn't fucking care, you know, it's not going to bother oh. him. Although it turns out that it does. But did you see the look on Crimson Countess's face? Like when he like hit on Grace Mallory, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, so disappointed and hurt, but also like she's seen it a million times and like, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah, I mean, very Maeve-like in some ways. Yep. Just like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, this guy. This again? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, yep. <laughs> but I love what Grace Mallory says to him, too. It's like, hey, from Planet Actual Woman, it's just so well written. But she's like, hey, they don't like you. Like, mm-hmm. they're either afraid of you or what does she say? They're either pretending or they're afraid of you. Which yeah. is like, yeah. They fucking are. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting if you if we could draw a line between Soldier Boy and Homelander because I don't think Soldier Boy f- believes that. I don't think he would really care. But I yeah. also think like he he's not thinking that deeply. But Homelander, I think we have finally gotten to the point where he knows it and he is using it. And he yeah. he's like, Yeah, I know. They're afraid of me and that's great. That works out really well for me, you know. Yeah. He just wants power no matter how he can get it. Mm-hmm. Like he'll take power. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Oh, oh, it's fear-based power? Don't care. Yeah, exactly. I'll yeah. take it, yeah. Yeah, you're going to pretend I, to like me? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I did find Soldier Boy's uh, departure very unconvincing. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, which I think, you know, it's intended to be. But it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is how it happened? She just, like, Countess comes up and, oh, the Russians killed him and took his body away in the helicopter. Like, oh, Oh, really? And everybody just believed that? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's how this kind of unfolded? That's how this happened? Nobody saw anything? Exactly. Yeah. Except for one person who is telling you what happened, which is conveniently, oh, that he's gone forever. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to hear your predictions for next week, um, because we might be going to Russia, which... I know. I was like, wait, Stranger Things? Is this? I know. (laughs) Maybe David Harbour's there. Hey, I liked uh, Russia David Harbour. He was very. uh, Yes, that's true. So. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the good guys um, stuck in Russia, (laughs) I guess. Let's move into our Spice Girls category. And I just wrote accidentally wrote this in the wrong place. But the first thing I said is they're all back together. I know it was like actually really like sweet made my heart happy I was like Mm -hmm. oh the boys are back in town yes I was thinking that too (laughs) yeah and it's I think it shows like how far we've come with the show too that it feels good it feels like they're back together you know right and they're and they're back together for like a good reason it's not like before 
when they kind of had to get back together and they're all like hiding out underground and don't necessarily want to be together, but they're forced to be together. It's kind of like they're all coming back to each other because for, I mean, I guess the reasons aren't good necessarily, but like, I know what you have to offer. I know Mm -hmm. what I can, you know, just like we appreciate and are better together. Yes. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. Like if yeah. we're going to accomplish this, we need to be in it together. And it's a choice yeah. now. It's not like right. a necessity, which does feel really good. And, you know, they're like hugging and like, I know, joking. Like when Frenchie is talking about like eating, you know, his mother's, uh, I was like, oh, that's so funny. I love them. Yeah. I just want to see them like joke around and have fun for a while, you know? Well, and genuinely, like, like with MM, you know, multiple people are like, oh, you're back. Like, I'm like, I'm so happy you're here. But like, are you sure they're kind of they're kind of yeah, they're kind of checking in with him to be Mm -hmm. like, are you sure? Like, is this really what you want? Mm -hmm. Like, because I think they understand. I think Butcher was the last to understand, but then he did finally. Mm -hmm. But just like, is this really what you want? Is this what you should be doing? And just kind of having that very sweet check in moment and then being like, okay, all right. Yeah, that's fine. Like, well, you know, just want you to know that we care. And I thought that was very sweet. I did too. Yeah, because they all I feel like have been through so much together. They've come to they've gotten to a good place where things aren't perfect. And there's still some friction there. But like, it, it was really nice to see Huey and Butcher have that little moment at the end where they're like, no, we're on the same page. Like we're not fighting mm-hmm. against each other. We're looking in the same direction. It might not necessarily be a good direction, but like, but we're together, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of MM, I want to, I want to start with him because I feel like we never do. Um, yeah. So as part of this, this whole Nicaragua, Nicaragua backstory, we find out about Grace Mallory and how mm-hmm. she was essentially like funneling drugs into America specifically targeting black neighborhoods which you know is awful and i think like also true also true yes absolutely and they specifically name drop reagan because that's what oh yeah doing. this whole this whole thing that they were talking about i mean minus the superheroes of it all <laughs> like you know just like we were talking about in the last episode kind of you know the the parallels to reality it's like oh they're like actually referencing real world (laughs) historical moments and situations now Mm -hmm. like there's no blurring or kind of like you know wink and nodding it's like oh no this this is what like basically happened yeah so yeah yeah grace was helping you know the cia was helping to support the contra rebels so that they could fight the sandinistas and the russians so they were raising money through selling drugs basically and Mm -hmm. then because they had to do that of course the men in power didn't well i don't want the drugs in my neighborhood right so why don't you just go send them over there to destabilize those neighborhoods instead yeah so it's two birds one stone kind of thing you know oh so gross and and it's also like it's very it's an interesting position to put grace in mm-hmm. and i can't imagine how mm is feeling about her at this moment because yeah not only was it impacting his neighborhood and his family and people that he knew but then also we find i think i think this is the first time we get official confirmation 
that Soldier Boy was involved in killing his entire family. Yeah, we've seen hints before, but this is the first time we've heard anybody actually say it and right. talk about it enough to know that not only is this what happened, but they know this. Like, I think everybody but Huey essentially knows. Yeah, because I think like we've seen little like hints where it's like killed a family in uh-huh. Harlem and we knew that something happened to like, you know, why his dad was so like obsessed with this and now it makes sense. So I'm assuming it's it was just M.M. and his dad left. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we'd, I don't think we have any details yet or if we're ever going to get them. But yeah, I can't I can I can't imagine how M.M. is feeling you know, towards Grace at this moment, knowing that she has been protecting the secret, supposedly that something has killed him, mm-hmm. uh, this weapon, but then also that she was helping fuel this problem that, you know, perhaps led to his family's death. Oh, it's just. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And it like, I like Grace, you know, it makes me, mm-hmm. it's so frustrating to hear this thing about her. And it's interesting that the show with the, like, the addition of these soups, like she feels like the good guy in that scenario, mm-hmm. even though what she is doing is awful and has probably killed more people than the superheroes have killed, you know, but she's telling yeah. herself she's justifying it for herself t- the same way that they do it, too. Although yeah. I do think like I believe her when she says that was when I decided to turn on them, you know. Yeah, I do, too. I think it was just like the final straw. Right. Mm-hmm. And. But also, you know, she's in Nicaragua. She's not seeing actually what's happening. That's true. Yeah. You know, and so there's that sort of detached reality that Mm -hmm. you don't have to face it if you don't have to see it. Right. Like, oh, that's I know it's happening, but, you know, you're not confronted with it. Whereas in Nicaragua, it I mean, she became confronted with it. Mm hmm. Well, I think she's also a cog in the wheel in the Nicaragua thing. Like she is leading this base but she's not the one that decided to target these neighborhoods she's not the Mm -hmm. one who put this whole plan in place and again that doesn't necessarily make it right it doesn't justify anything she's doing but it does kind of put her in a position like like Maeve you know it's like you're here you're essentially signing off on this stuff and that makes (laughs) you at least a little bit she was just she was just following orders. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And it that's it just takes everybody just following orders and one person making a decision that they don't actually see any any of the consequences of. And that's how we get systems like Vought and the CIA. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask, so because we've talked about this a couple of episodes in a row now, that they are now making direct references. Like it's it's very clear what they're saying. I think it started probably around season two. We started to see like some some kind of quotes that felt very mm-hmm. similar to things we'd seen. Do you think that if they had started this being so on the nose in season one that it would have turned people off? Does yes. that make sense? Yes, I, I do think it would have. Be- I mean, especially like I th- I do think things are... It's a different world that we live in now versus Mm. when the show started. But I do think if it came out of the gate swinging with a super strong perspective like that, people would have called it, you know, woke walk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I think like also that's how I think you win over the people that need to hear the message too. you know. 
Like I do remember hearing a lot of controversy over the very first episode because there's this incident with the deep, but it wasn't like, oh, they're like slamming right wing culture, you know, and I think this is how you make this point really effectively because it's not like they've ever really tried to hide the parallels, you know, No, but it just has not ever been like we actually saw tiki torches in the last episode, you know, that could have yeah. been direct footage, you know, mm-hmm. Um. We're going to see more, too, and I love it. Well, let's talk about, um, let's talk about Butcher. Uh, he is having some, uh, some hangover, some, some V hangover. <laughs> yeah, he's coming down from yeah. his, his, his V high. He's detoxing a little bit, which. V-toxing? V-toxing. <laughs> does not look pleasant. Oh, no, no. That's some very green puke, which, of course. Gets all over Huey, you know. In a very, like, sweet heart-to-heart moment, too, which also just, like, also seems like Butcher was, in some ways, was, like, happy about. Let's just, I can't, we can't talk about this anymore. Girl, it was an unhappy. It's it's getting too mushy. Like, it's just. Yeah, I'm going to make it actually mushy. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, you know, he's coming down a little bit and you know he ribs Huey for coming back mm-hmm. which you know is typical butcher I think it's just kind of like you just eye your you know roll your eyes and like yeah 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 mm-hmm. I know but you know just to I don't know there's part of him I think that's like yay inside <laughs> yeah oh yeah you know he's chuffed as he would say you know mm-hmm. and you get you see that like gleam in butcher's eye too you know because he also has what he's been needing for a while is somebody to a purpose and somebody mm-hmm. to be mad at too and now he has grace and that was something i wanted to ask you when we were talking about mm and grace because I, I think that it is fair for them to be mad at Grace about what she did in Nicaragua with the drugs. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's fair for them to be mad at her about this um, weapon, this like soup killer weapon? What do you think about that? I mean, yes and no, because mm-hmm. I'm also wondering, it's like, does Grace actually know anything? Right. right? Yeah. Because that's the thing. I guess they just don't have all the information because they've just heard she knows about a weapon. But then she tells the story and it's like she never saw anything. I mean, I don't know. Maybe more of that will get revealed. But from what we see here, it's like she never saw anything. Mm-hmm. They just told her she he was dead and that a weapon killed him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, what, I mean. What do you want her to do, you know? Yeah. Like, I guess he just I can understand why he would be mad just with that little bit of information that he had to begin with. But, you know, it's just a conversation because then it's like, well, no, she doesn't actually have any information about a weapon. Yeah. And I do believe her that, like, I I don't know every single thing in the world about everybody, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It And this is the... It feels a little like, well, it's season three. Like, that's why we Mm -hmm. have this problem now. You know, it does feel like a little string pulley. And we have to have her them be mad at her because, you know, it's contrived drama. That's the only bit of this that feels a little bit like contrived. Yeah. But I'll still forgive it because I like them all. Yeah. But yeah, he's um he's having some problems. And I think, you know, we're going to talk about Frenchie, but Frenchie gets mixed up with uh, little Nina. Mm-hmm. And one thing like. 
Butcher is back to his old kind of like asshole ways, but he's also threatening to reveal the identities of all of her assets across the world if he doesn't get what he wants right now. And he's also making Frenchie call little Nina, who is bad, who he doesn't need to have any more contact with because this is what Butcher wants in this moment. And it's just kind of this return to form of like, I don't really care about y'all. I need my thing. I need the thing that's going to make me feel better, you know? Yeah, it definitely feels like he, once again, has nothing to lose mm-hmm. and is willing to go to any length. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we see that with Ryan, too. He pushes off, like, arguably the only connection to humanity that he really has. Like, he's been getting along really well with Grace. He's been getting along. He's been, like, taking care of Ryan. And we see this really touching moment with Ryan, um, in the last episode where like he watches this video and Ryan is like so excited to see him when he shows up. And then he says, and I wonder if it's that he got freaked out when he started showing powers and he was like, Oh no, this could, could actually make me stay. Like he, he might have power over me, but he just says this, like, I can't look at you after what you did, which you can just see Ryan's heartbreak. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there was truth to what Butcher was saying. Yes. But and it's I, fair for him to feel that, you know. But I, I also think he's doing it in his own weird way to protect him, right? Yeah. Because he feels himself getting close to Ryan and he feels Ryan getting close to him. And that puts Ryan in a dangerous position, right? Mm-hmm. Because he can be used against him, like as we've seen in the past. And so in some way... You know, it's freeing Butcher up to actually do what he needs to do, mm-hmm. in at least in his head. But God, it's just so cruel to do that mm-hmm. to this kid. Like, oh, so cruel. Like, I just, I don't necessarily agree with his methods. I don't know. This yeah. kid is old enough, I feel like he should have just had a conversation with him almost. Right, exactly. It's not like he's <laughs> he's five. Of course, I feel like that would have required some emotional intelligence that butcher does not have because i think he's protecting ryan but he's also protecting himself he feels himself getting closer and he's like i can't i can't do this and that return to form of pushing everyone away you know um well and last time like ryan had to step in right and he's you know basically yes i mean it cost his mom her life but also like you know he killed stormfront basically yeah yeah and so you know it's i think butcher's also it's his way of like i'm not going to put you in a position where you have to step in and do something mm-hmm. whether it's to protect himself to protect grace to protect you know protect butcher whatever it's just kind of like i just you go over there <laughs> right well, <and laughs> also, i'm gonna like, go over here <laughs> i saw what happened last time you used your powers you don't know how to control these yet and i don't know how to mm-hmm. teach you how to control them and i also think like it it's not okay at all for him to have said this and yes mm-hmm. you you got to be better when you are like having this relationship with a child especially a child that has lost as much as ryan has lost yeah but I also understand, like, I think, because I think in that moment, he's not just saying, when you kill Becca, he's saying, you existing ruined our lives, you know, and I think Ryan knows that, too. Like, he knows what happened, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just this devastating moment with, you know, if they were grownups, I would think, 
okay, well, this is Huey and Butcher. They just need to say what they need to say and they need to like have it out so they can move on. But like, he's not, he's a kid and he just lost his mom. He just killed his mom. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it breaks your heart for him. It was really nice to see him have this little moment with Kamiko though, you know? Yes. No, I love that. That's really like sweet, like heart to heart. And I don't Mm -hmm. think... I mean, Ryan hasn't really interacted with somebody in that way before that yeah. also has powers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only other people he's interacted with were Stormfront and Homelander, not exactly like the best role models, right? Mm-hmm. And so to have another soup basically say, like, I hate my powers, mm-hmm. like, you know, rather than, you know, the Homelander version and the Stormfront version of like, oh, we are gods, you know, embrace it. Ugh, we're better than everybody. To yeah. have somebody else be like, no, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another like, option, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also, I've hurt people too, just to like, you know, let them know that like, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I've also done that not on purpose yeah. and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like he can't even get a dog. That's, that's such a lonely place for this kid to be in you know well doesn't want to that's even sadder you know it's not that he he can't get you know she offered to get him one but he didn't want to for fear of what he might accidentally do Mm -hmm. it's like oh (laughs) i know and it's so like when you think about homelander and you think about what he was like at this age too i wonder how much they have in common at this age because i wonder you know he ryan is also growing up with no kids i wonder if he's ever met another kid his age oh yeah probably not (laughs) i mean so it just like i just wonder what that that's why the stakes are it's so important like you cannot Mm -hmm. fuck around with this kid because he has way more power than he should and he's got to learn how to be a good person yeah um, let's talk a little bit about Kimiko and Frenchie. There's not a whole lot to say. It's just this, this moment. They want to go to Marseille. They want to, she's like over a uh, butcher wants to kind of hit the road, but it looks like some shit is about to go down. Yeah. And Frenchie, I mean, so Shetty, <laughs> Shetty. calls him up in trouble. Uh, she's been running drugs for little Nina and the drugs got stolen. And so now little nina's coming after her so he brings her some passports so that she can bail Mm -hmm. and i think that this was like i mean this was a big moment i think for frenchie because this is clearly like somebody from his past who has been a part of his life for a really long time that it seems you know he still cares about her obviously Mm -hmm. and she basically says like run away with me like let's just run away and he you know he doesn't he says no it's like I think he's him. He's in a good place. Mm-hmm. That's what he even says. Like I'm working, for, you know, I'm working. I got a real job. I'm working for the CIA. Like and and then also Kamiko. I think mm-hmm. it's like he's finally able to kind of cut ties with that part of his life. Yeah, and just sort of move on in a, a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that that was very sweet. Yeah, and also like, oh, he's like, you know. He's really, he's like with Kamiko, even, you know, even though their relationship is a little ambiguous. Yes, it's a little (laughs) ill-defined. Yeah, they haven't had uh, any kind of DTR talks yet. Um, And, you know, they seem to be really good friends, too. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I kind of don't want them to ruin that. But, like, it is really sweet. And, I mean, Sherry has got the prettiest eyes I think I've Mm -hmm. ever seen. I was watching her and I was like, 
geez, you are. Oh yeah, gorgeous. stunning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it reminds me of that moment we talked about last week where it's like they they are not in a good place, but they seem like they are on solid ground right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of the thing you learn about therapy is like the point is not to never have problems again. The point is to learn how to handle them in a right. in a healthier way. And it does look like they are on that track they are getting close together closer together they can communicate finally mm-hmm. um and i'm glad to see them have a little more to do too to not just be kind of the the sidekicks you know yeah um we got one more person to talk about and that is a train and i think we get we first of all learn a little bit more about his condition where like his heart could explode if he runs again. So that's why he hasn't been, but he doesn't want anyone at Vought to know because of course they kick him out of the seven and he's got to find something, you know? Yeah, it was really sweet to see him reconnect with his brother. His brother showed up at the clinic Mm -hmm. and then, you know, he goes over, I think it's his brother's house. Yeah. And I think that that was like, I really wanted this for this character. Like we were talking with about, it's funny because we were talking about, you know, just last episode because like he does have this great story. And so I was really happy to see that that's kind of what they were getting at here. Right. Mm -hmm. And just kind of getting a, a really hard reality check from his brother too. Mm -hmm. Like they were, you know, making fun of his, suit a little bit calling mm-hmm. it corny you know and a train's like no i'm like you know doing my part to you know connect with my roots and they're like well actually like you know what's the video that he shows them like what's the character's oh, name it's like, like blue dark Jay. blue yeah some something like that oh. essentially like police superhero man right you know? yeah and just like oh like oh if you really want to like stand up for the cause mm-hmm how about you actually like stand up for your actual community? Yes. Mm-hmm. Show up for us because it will actually matter to us right now. You know, we, this right. is this is an actual problem. Yeah. And there's the moment where he's like, you know, why don't I'm happier now that I don't work for Vought. I'm like just a person. And like mm-hmm. we see this like he could have this. He has something to come back to. That's what we kept saying is like he lost Popclaw like what else does he have but he does have something and it just yeah just want him to take it he's just going to say hey train come on i know he he really is at a crossroad you know it's funny it's like he's on this track right he Mm -hmm. can go (laughs) he can go left and he can go right like which way is he gonna throw the switch because like he he literally can't run like i don't understand like this has a ticking clock on it Mm mm-hmm like this is going to come out and are you willing to risk your life to keep up this facade this image of a superhero or you could just kind of retire gracefully and literally nobody even has to know mm-hmm. or you can do it on your own terms and like you have a support system you have a family i really don't understand what's keeping him there other than just his own ego yeah yeah and i wonder it's like because you hear him talking to his brother and he's talking about like always being good at slapsies and like he never Mm -hmm. he doesn't know how to drive because he never had to you know and it's just I think he is one like Homelander but not as like insidious or sinister as Homelander where it's like this ability to run is what 
defines him. That is who he is. And so if he loses this, or if other people find out, then that that is the same as death to him. So, you know, why not just go out running, yeah. you know, or see how far I can go. But yeah, it is it is definitely a ticking clock. And like, you know, you only have one heart. So yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about Huey. Oh, we didn't talk we about just, Huey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my favorite. We also didn't talk about Starlight. Okay, so yes, yeah. we've got some stuff um, to talk about. <laughs> so I, another, there was a lot of kind of like moments that shocked me. And when Kamiko broke his arm. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> for a cover story. So that way he can go and help them with this mission. So he has a reasonable excuse that Newman will believe for mm-hmm. why he can't come into work. I was like, yeah, I guess that would work, but like, really, there's nothing. But at what cost? Like, God, and I love how even MM was like, I've been back for two minutes. Like, <laughs> like it's already like insane here. Like, what the fuck is happening? Man, but like his dedication, because he won't even take like painkillers too. He was like, no, I can't. Like, no, the, I think he really sees like the desperate situation he's in. You know? Oh God, just uh, uh, like. But I guess if you have somebody that you know is going to, you know, and Emma's like, do it right here. Clean break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just yeah. do it quick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but Dedi- yeah, Dedication. Huey. Can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely not something that, you know, season one Huey would have done. The fact that he's just like, Kamiko, break my arm. <laughs> right. Exactly. And he comes in with that plan, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and so let's maybe just talk about Starlight and Huey together, because I'm curious your thoughts about where they are right now. Oh, and we can also talk about Supersonic that I think is in yeah. the mix here. So Supersonic is immediately or he's going to be in the seven like it's already been decided because he's dreamy and, you know, he's going to bump them up and with Latin American viewers and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, you know, all the bot bullshit. But like Starlight really tries to warn him and says, hey, no, I wish somebody had told me. And I think it's so sweet that he's like, no, I I hear you. That would be the smart thing to do, but I'm not going to leave you alone because, and especially yeah. for him to see her reaction to this whole home light thing, I think really yeah. shows him like, no, this is real. I'm not fucking around. Like this is life and death shit, you know? Yeah. And knows that like she needs an ally and so he's gonna he's gonna be there for her but at yeah. least he's going into i mean he's gonna go into it a little bit differently so mm-hmm. i think it's really it's good that she had that conversation with him yeah whether or not he reacted the way she wanted him to mm-hmm. but at least he's going to be going in with you know open eyes a little bit more than he probably would have yeah um and I get his point, too, because he's like, after all the years, because he's been, you know, in the background of Vought or whatever, and like mm-hmm. all the shit that he's had to put up with for all these years. And yeah, he, you know, he even says like all the, you know, the racist shit I had to swallow, basically, mm-hmm. and just like take to like, you know, play by the rules or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was all to, for nothing. you know. Yeah, like to just None walk away real. now, like yeah. I might as well, you know, thanks, but now I can move forward with you and support you and just go into it with, you know, uh, my eyes open at least. So. Yeah. And it couldn't come at a better time too, because Starlight is feeling very abandoned. And, you know, I think I love how this episode is framed too, because the big story is this Nicaragua flashback. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, even like I forgot to talk about them because I had skipped them in the outline and just forgot to go back up. But this is like, I think the heart of the episode is like we see little baby Starlight doing this mm-hmm. Britney Spears song, which and I just read Britney Spears's memoir. So it's it's like fresh in my mind. It's really good. Have you read it? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. It's I listened to it, which Michelle Williams does a great job, but it's it's just really good. And I think like this song is you know it's it's like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing but also like the last line is like my loneliness is killing me like it's really kind of poignant and to know yeah. like how mistreated Brittany was to like see behind that and how many people have used her it feel it makes you feel really bad for starlight because huey's like you i need you to do this thing i know i'm putting your life in danger every second that you're there but you have to because i need this thing and i don't think that's the way I don't think he's intentionally trying to use her, but I know it probably feels like exactly what her mom used to say, you know? Yeah. It's like, in some ways it's like Huey knows how strong she is. So he's like, I know you can do this mm-hmm. and I need you to do this. Yeah. But also, uh, Huey, you know, it's like, yeah. I, it's a, it's a dangerous position to put. It's like, I don't think he actually, yeah, I mean, we we don't see his reaction to to home light yet, but it's like, well, dude, you you told her to stick it out and to yeah. do whatever it takes. So hope you enjoy eating those words. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, she's just always had to do that, right? Like we mm-hmm. see her like at this competition as a kid, be like, I'm in pain, yeah, and her mom just basically just like suck it up, yeah. But pain Get out is there. leaving the body. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you have to do. You've worked too hard for this. And- yeah. And it, it's coming on the heels of like deep coming back too. So it's not only like she is in danger from Homelander. It's like this trauma has been reactivated. And I think, you know, it's been since the first episode. So it's easy, I think, to kind of. I don't want to say forget about what happened, but like a lot of stuff has happened since that moment. And because we are not starlight, we are not the ones who were traumatized by that. Like, I think it's easy for us to want to believe that last scene where Homelander's like, no, she's the one who insisted you come back. She's forgiven you, you know, like it's easy to want to believe that, but like to see the way she recoils when deep walks into the room, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, this is clearly still, a problem and to know that she felt abandoned in that situation too because nobody had her back they knew it happened and they didn't do anything about it and now it feels like Huey's doing the same thing it's like I know how hard this is for you but sorry you know yeah 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 it's like she's obviously come a long way I think Mm -hmm. and that's what's kind of so sad about this is that we finally see her especially in these last two episodes start to wield her power Mm -hmm. and embrace her power and believe in her own power and not her actual, you know, superpowers, but her power and her position, you know, as a co-captain of the seven and to actually start to use that to be like, no, I want, I would like these two to be the finalists and like, I have the final vote and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. starting to wield her power a little bit in that way. And then it all gets kind of taken away. You know, she gets the rug pulled out from under her, mm-hmm. which I think just kind of is sending her back and kind of triggering her to just fall back into like, oh, oh, yeah, this is 
just to fall back into old starlight ways yeah. i think a little bit like nothing matters is... it wouldn't surprise me if she showed up next week wearing that like super skimpy you know outfit. right yep yeah I, oh I... yeah that's a good point yeah right because it's like that's when she just kind of shuts off yeah yeah like, that's okay like i'm just Maeve not gonna starlight. care right exactly yeah. because it's so much easier yeah and i think like that's as much as i love huey i love again band t-shirt huey and I like seeing him back with the boys. I think this moment with him and Butcher is really sweet. Like, I do get kind of frustrated with him in this episode because, like, yes, he's feeling bad because he got duped by Victoria Newman. But that's not the same kind of pain that Starlight is in. And I feel like mm -hmm. he is not really thinking about her. He's thinking about himself. No. And it it's not really something we've seen too much of him before, you know? Well, and it's like, you know, he talks about like, okay, I'm tired of losing. Mm -hmm. We got to get just as dirty as they get. And like, you know, I'm taking the low road or whatever. Like, that's the only way to fight is to fight dirty. But also like, okay, but you're going to put me in that position? Like, exactly. Like, I didn't necessarily agree to this plan and mm -hmm. to like, it's not just he's fighting dirty, but that he's willing to throw his girlfriend under the bus, too, yeah. with that. Like, that's not great. Yeah. <laughs> Boyfriend yeah. behavior. It's not a good look, Huey. <laughs> no, not yeah. not a good look. And I think you're you're right when he's like, well, she's got power. She's a soup. She's going to be fine, you know. And I think a lot of it comes down to this fact that he thought he had power with Victoria and he was finally in control of something and it got ripped away. And I think he's feeling he's feeling powerless. And I think it's hard for him to see her and know that she's got this power, but she's still asking for his help. And there's almost like this maybe a little bit of anger in there, too. Like, no, 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 I you're a so. suit. You're fine. Like, yeah, you know, I, I totally think that's part of it because they've made a point to show you know the opening of the jars yeah. and kind of just like reiterating that dynamic between them mm -hmm. so i think in some way this is him just like like i don't know throwing that in her face a little bit like mm -hmm. just do it you're gonna be fine it's like yeah. she's still a human and i think he's kind of forgetting that in this moment yeah yeah he's letting himself i think think about himself and the boys and i mean as much as i love he is thinking about butcher you know he's thinking yeah, about yeah. them and wanting to be back with his friends which i think is great it's just that these things are like hitting they're bumping heads right now which is yeah which is sad but also makes for a good tv so <laughs> it does make me yep. happy um all right well any other characters we want to talk about I think I got them all. I want to give a shout out to Ashley again because just love her. I love to see her happy too, you know? I know. I Interesting character because it's like I do think she's like basking in this moment where she doesn't have to just completely fear for her life. Uh-huh. But also like... Ashley, I don't know. If, I don't know. Really know if you want to hitch your wagon to this. No, no. Oh, I know. <laughs> to this horse necessarily. Like, don't, don't try to sleep with Homelander. Don't just like stay away. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because uh, I could see him in that moment just being like, "Hey, you're here. You're giving yeah. me good news." No, this is fleeting. This this moment is fleeting. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, let's talk about good and evil. And I feel like. I don't really have a lot in this category this time that we haven't already talked about. Um, 
I'm trying to keep myself from spoiling some stuff too. <laughs> Is there anything you want to talk about with good and evil? I, I did just, I mean, this whole episode, there's just a lot of sacrifices being made mm -hmm. by a lot of different characters. And I think we do see everybody sort of committing to taking the low road, right? Yeah. And openly doing that as a way to kind of reassert their power mm -hmm. and to kind of, it seems like everybody's playing chess in yeah. this moment a yes. little bit. Mm-hmm. And so the moment might be painful, but everybody's keeping that those final moves, at least like, you know, in their in their head, mm -hmm. be like, OK, I'm going to sacrifice this pawn at the moment, but it's for the better of the game in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what hurts is like a lot of the pawns they're sacrificing are like not their pawns. They're other people. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even with like Huey breaking his own arm, it's just like like literal physical pain, but mm -hmm. as well as like pain in their relationships and butcher yeah. threatening grace to out agents. It's like what that's not these are not good. There's a lot of not good looks. Yeah. In this yes. episode for everybody. Yeah. But it's all supposed to pay off. TBD. Mm hmm. Well, well it, but that's the thing. That's what Grace Mallory probably told herself in Nicaragua, too. It's like. This is how you justify it. And I think M.M. says that's some self-justification bullshit at some point. It it's is. Like you could sum this entire episode up with that, I think. Everybody's mm -hmm. telling themselves what they need to hear. It's like Mr. Edgar, like, convincing Black Noir to just, like, wear this mask because mm -hmm. it's going to be better for him. It's going to be better for all of us, like, in the long run. And I feel like that's that's what everyone's doing. Just casually eating nuts knowing yep. how much that would bother him so it's like this mix of like wielding their influence in a like a weapon weaponizing way but also like just throwing people to the wolves when they need to you know yeah yeah and i, I just i mean hot take the writing in this show is pretty cool um <laughs> yes. but it, it's just i just love how they kind of have these big overarching ideas and are able to represent it with each character in really interesting different ways mm -hmm. and it do it never it doesn't feel forced it actually feels really interesting yeah and just kind of a subtle way to explore these things and like okay what's what's going to happen with this because not everybody can win right this is these moves aren't going to pay off for everybody mm -hmm. so yeah, some some of these pawns are going to get sacrificed and some of these moves are going to result in a counter move. And, you know, who's going to end up getting kicked off the board? I don't know, but it's not going to be good for somebody. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that scene with uh, Frenchie and little Nina. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, what if Frenchie died? What if they just killed Frenchie? And like, I think this yeah. is a show like that where they'll do it and i was like they wouldn't would they kill a main character like that and then i was thinking like translucent they killed him in the second episode like they kill people mm -hmm. and it happens and you know i think i also think this is i think i like your comparison to chess pieces because in a lot of ways this is a chess piece episode where like people are getting right. placed in positions and you know i know what's going to happen so i can see some of the the maneuvering yeah but it doesn't feel like a like a spinning the wheels episode like there's still a lot of emotional weight and i think 
it's a really smart way to kind of follow all of these various trails, but still manage to like ring out emotion from it too, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Well, let's talk about some shock and awe. There is, man, a lot of what the fuck moments in this episode. Um, yeah, Naked Homelander, for just, you know, I we haven't seen him in clothes except for that lingerie, but like, you know, I enjoyed it very much because, you know, I, I like Homelander. Hashtag Jen Lander, I guess. <laughs> Jen oh, Lander been... lover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, no, yeah, that was my first one. Lots of, yeah, I typed in here. Lots of capitals and exclamation marks. Because, yeah, <laughs> yes. baby Edgar, baby mm-hmm. Black Noir. I did love seeing some of the other members of this payback team. Swato, <laughs> the TNT <laughs> yeah. twins. like Which, like, the fly, like a swat fly swatter. <laughs> yeah. stupid. It also reminds me of, like, Watto from Star Wars, like, the, the newer 90s version. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like one of the dumbest characters, so that made me laugh. Um, and just yeah, just these stupid, incompetent other superheroes who are in out of their death. Like I love in out of their depth and results <laughs> in some yeah. of their deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was like a good what the fuck moment because it was just silly. Kind yeah. of it was some li- it needed some lightness, and I thought that that was a little bit of lightness yeah yeah and that whole scene the way it plays out like very well directed very like harrowing you know but also still like oh yeah well that dumb fly guy got blown up because he couldn't stop flying you know and now they're all dead um Mm -hmm. but did you see did you catch um like baby gunpowder just like yeah behind with this machine gun and he can't stop and he probably was like a teenager at the time and it's just kind of one of those reminders of like the collateral damage of all of this is like well and the control of those powers right like yeah. it, he probably didn't have full you know yes he can shoot whatever's in front of him but what if what's in front of him is his you know the uh, like good soldiers like exactly. he's killing grace's soldiers and mm-hmm. it was like no not them you don't shoot everything <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like You know, I'm sure there's somebody it's like, well, why don't we make Ryan Homelander's sidekick? And the reason you don't is because it's dangerous to put someone in that position who doesn't have control. And I imagine gunpowder was probably like that, too. And when you think about growing up and being placed in that position, like, of course, you're going to grow up fucked up, you know, and again, not excusing anything he does, but it just I just love how we see behind the curtains but also what a fucking shit show this team is it's like oh yeah comical how stupid they are well it's you know the privilege of okay we're existing in this sort of you know batman type world right where Mm -hmm. we're just gonna like be in the city and you know do our thing and it's all very produced and structured and or you know manufactured right like we see in like the very first season how it's like okay you're gonna go we're gonna film you and this Mm -hmm. is gonna be like we need you to go do this and we're gonna capture it on video and no then they're in war and Mm -hmm. it's like it's just a very different atmosphere that they are in no way prepared for yeah yeah and it reminds me of i think it was in season two when homelander lands and he's like ooh, and he just like lasers everybody it's that mm-hmm. moment except this team is not homelander like they are a bunch of fucking schmucks and yeah. they half of them die too and because they just they were fucking around you know and just to yeah. see the twins with those little like 
sunning boards too. <laughs> that's just such... not taking it seriously oh, at yeah. all. Yeah, it's also funny. They're like dirty. It is gross people. <laughs> I know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all that I really have other than like a lot of the stuff we've talked about. You want to choose our fighter? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Who you pay? This is our section where we choose our MVP of the episode and why we love them. And Rachel, who are you choosing this week? Oh. Yeah, oh god. I'm like I'm torn for like different reasons. Like the deep because it was like so funny and tragic mm-hmm. and then also I, I think I'm going to have to go with Starlight. Ah, nice. And I'm going with Starlight because I think she really kind of goes through it internally in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm actually, it's like, I'm, I'm impressed by this fictional character, how she kind of ended it. Because that moment where she, it's like she clocks what's happening, what Homelander's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can see her weighing her options in that moment Mm -hmm. and being like, okay, I can react this way or I can, you know, dig my nails into my palm like a Stephen King story. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Behind my back. Uh (laughs) Like make the little crescents into my hand Mm -hmm. or. And fuck with him too. Exactly. And I can react in a way and like, okay, I'm just going to play along for now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she kisses, like he doesn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. and she's it's like she's not gonna let him have that power over her in that moment and yes she doesn't like what's gonna happen and she doesn't like what's happening but she's going to play along for the moment and i was surprised by that but also but like in a good way yeah because it's like okay she's not out of the game yet like she's not giving up yeah yeah she is strong she does have powers and it sucks that she's in this position but she is strong. And I was thinking about that kiss. And, you know, it is, it's just another form of sexual assault. It's just, it's not quite what the deep did, but it's similar. And just to see her in that position. Well, again. she kisses him. Well, I know, but I mean, she has to, you know, she doesn't have to kiss him, but at some point she's going to have to. Because, and the reason I started thinking about this is because I was going to make a joke where, I was like, and then she looks at him and she realizes how beautiful he is and she oh. <laughs> just makes out with him. And then I was like, oh, but what would she actually be doing? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how much of this is her choice? And I don't want to equate this with what happened with the deep because it is not the same. And right. yes, she does make the choice to kiss Homelander, but it is coerced, you know, and it just it's it's. She's, well, yeah, she's like, oh, this is what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huey. This is what you want for me. Yeah, I wonder if there's a little fuck you to Huey in that moment too. You know? I think yeah, I think it I think that was yeah, I think that kiss was intended for multiple audiences to be received in surprising ways. Yeah. Like how could you do this? Like, oh, you actually did that. And she's like, Yeah, yeah I did. I did it. This is what you want for me. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's gonna be okay. I'm not gonna say anything else. Sorry. <laughs> I just I cannot wait to talk about some of these episodes with you. I am gonna shock the world and pick Homelander. I wanna get <laughs> and I swear, like if he was not killing these performances every week, because I, I do want to shout out baby um Mr. Edgar, because that, that was just like a flawless impression. But mm-hmm. like the scenes 
just the emotional range he goes through and the like the levels of menace in his eyes and also to see him like feel some pure joy and excitement too like he is just all over the map but it always feels so real and so scary yeah and it just but then to see him like lighten up towards the end of the with the reality show moment it's just it's just such a good performance and it's really hard for me to pick anybody else over him you know although I I do agree with you I think he and Starlight really make this episode you know um also deep um just always so love his performance. Okay, that when they reveal, you know, the twist ending of American oh my Hero. God. His look. And he does, he turns and walks <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. Like if I could give him like an Emmy just for that moment, like mm-hmm. it's so funny and so <laughs> stupid. I know. I love it. I remember doing um like some, doing a lot of research about him because there are some things I've written about this show. And just to talk about like, how they started writing for this because he does this kind of thing so well and that he is their favorite character to write for because it's just always something so bizarre and you know he's going to pull it off. Mm-hmm. I, the octopus thing, I know that the CGI, there was like CGI tentacles, but like I remember them talking about filming that scene and just like what a punch in the gut it is. But also just like <laughs> him looking at the octopus while he and Cassandra are together, like... Oh, it's just, it's such a great performance, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, maybe he'll get an honorable mention for me, too. (laughs) Oh, I just love him. Even though he is a bad guy. I feel bad. Not not good. (laughs) I'm always big in the villains. Well, all right. Let's talk about predictions. So we know we're going to Russia, or we think we might be going to Russia. But, Rachel, what do you think might happen next? And what are you excited to see? Yeah, so... Yes, I don't necessarily think that uh, Soldier Boy is dead, necessarily, perhaps. So yeah, I, I think it looks like we're going to Russia, folks. Um, somehow, one way or another, it looks like we're going to be heading over there somehow. So that should be cool. Change of scenery, perhaps. Um, I'm also thinking that the proposed fictional love triangle well, number one, between Starlight, Huey, and Supersonic is going to become a reality at some point. And then apparently there's also Homelight. So I'm assuming that Huey is not going to take this news very well and is going to get hella pissed. <laughs> and then um, Starlight is going to just throw his own words back in his face because, yeah. Because yeah, he deserves Huey. it. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of, like, this is kind of what you told her to do, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't really be mad at her that she's doing this. Uh, But, yeah, I do think the supersonic thing, hmm, something might happen there. Um, I'm also predicting and hoping that this little bit of backstory on Black Noir means that we're going to get a little bit more on the current Black Noir. I mean, where is he? Yeah. I, he's on a secret mission somewhere <laughs> somewhere where yeah. is he you can't like give us this like tease into this character and then like not follow it up with something so there's that and yeah I'm not sure what else but I'm anticipating yeah like I said I guess some of these moves 
some of these moves paying off for some people and some of these moves backfiring big time. And I'm honestly not sure which way it's going to go, who, who it's going to backfire on, what side, I don't know, TBD. Well, I will say it definitely goes some places. Um, <laughs> the gloves are off. The penises have already exploded. So, you know. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm I'm interested to see uh, what you think of some of the ways that these chess pieces move through the the board. I think it's a fantastic season and I'm very excited. Um, but yeah. So let's, before I say anything else and spoil anything, let's wrap up with some plugs. Um, Rachel, where can we find you and what do you have coming up? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Vinyl Girl, G-R-R-R-L, or Instagram at The Vinyl Girl. And um, I actually have a couple of things of writing. People can check out my very first Bloody Disgusting Yay! article came out today um, talking about the the teen the baddest teen queens of 1989. So that was super fun. And then um, I also had an interview with composer Tim Williams, who scored, um, well, he scored Pearl, number one, but also uh, just scored the the movie Your Monster um, at Sundance, which I really enjoyed, mm -hmm. uh, starring Melissa Barrera. Um, oh. So yeah, that is going to be up on Dread Central. Oh, sweet. Um, and you can find me at Jim Ferratu on mostly Instagram, but um, all the places, um, hosting the Losers Club and um, the White Ladies in Crisis podcast and the Ladies Killers. And I actually just had a thing published today, too, uh, about the Blair Witch Project. So that was super fun. Got to nice. talk about the Bell Witch, too, and how oh, cool. you know, I just yeah. thought they had messed up the name when they titled it the Blair Witch Project. Um but yeah, so that I, I'll post it all if you follow me. And and that's it for this episode on the girls on the boys. Uh, this was a really fun one and uh, can't wait to talk about what's coming up next. We want to give a huge thank you to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad. Make sure to check out the other fantastic shows in this feed. And we will be back in your ears to talk about episode four in two weeks. And it is a doozy. Cannot wait to talk about some stuff. <laughs> I don't want to be more specific than that because I will inadvertently spoil something. But until then, remember, you guys, you are the real heroes. <laughs>